Good morning. It's good to see you all here today, right? It's awesome to be back at Family Bible Church. I wanted to spend some time talking about some, a thread that God kind of has on my heart about our opportunity and obligation to share good news with others around us. I actually believe, and I, I sent out a couple tweets from the uh, caboose when we were up there, um, and I kept hashtagging it, because Jesus... I'm constantly reminded that, like, Jesus wasn't one, you know, he did go to the synagogues and teach, but he wasn't one to sit in the synagogue all the time, right? Like, he would go and hang out with people. He would walk. He would have meals with people, and he would teach all the time. He didn't save his best teaching for the synagogue, you know what I mean? Like, his best moments happened on the sides of roads when people were crying out for help. And I think that when we do these things, we engage the community, though, and I mean not the community like Highland, but the people that God has us around, we are... Um, embodying in some way the spirit of Jesus who did those same things. I kept feeling compelled that because Jesus, we're here, man. Because Jesus cares about all these folks, we're here. Um, even when I got really late at night and there was a lot of people drinking and stuff, we were still there hanging out and they would come by and we would talk to them and feed them kebabs as they went to their cars. And so... Um, just, just to be present. Maybe there's other ways we could do it better. You know, the family groups, we talked about that a little bit. How can we do this better? How can we become better at sharing good news? And the reason I want to say that's a big deal, because you might think, of course it's a big deal, Bill. But, you know, the church is invited into a whole bunch of different spheres, right? I mean, like right now, the church is invited to, like, political spheres. The politics are hot and heavy. And, man, your church, you should be involved in politics, you know, or, or um, social good things, you know, like um, clean water or... Um, clean air, you know, or a green earth. I mean, those are good things. And the church, come on, man, you got to get on board. This is really important stuff. And sometimes I look at the church or um, as a pastor, I get a lot of stuff about, you know, how to run a successful business. Like the model right now for success in the pastorate is entrepreneurs. Be an entrepreneur. Start your own thing. Get your own tribe together. You know, that's kind of the mantra. But when I think about all that stuff, I think, wait, wait, what's the church's unique call in the world and I keep coming back to this very real basic thing which is that it's to share the good news of Jesus with people that's the truth right like we're we're called all of us not just family bible church but any church that's running around in Jesus name is called to tell people the good news about Jesus that God loved him enough that he would send his son to die that we could be free and that that's real implications for us like that's real healing and real hope and real ways forward and, and, and sometimes we, we get more excited about doing something tangible than sharing the gospel, which people are dying to hear or dying without. And so I want to spend two weeks um, now talking about how to share the gospel. One more connection with you, and then we're going to jump into the text this morning. Um, during IRL, some things came up, and, and, uh, and this is one of them. So I want to, because it's kind of birthed a little bit of IRL. It was a side comment that came through Bible study. I'm like, we're going to have to spend some time on that. And God kept bringing it back and bringing it back. That's what we're going to talk about. So um, I haven't had an opportunity yet to listen to uh, Brother Isaac's sermon last week or the sermon the week before because I'm behind. But um, hopefully I'll get to hear those. And, uh, but this is where I really felt like God was calling us to move um, as we consider the word. So I'm going to share with you from um, the... Gospel, of, or the book of Romans, I'm sorry, Romans 10. I'm just going to read these verses. You can open your Bible if you want on page, I didn't put it up there. I think it's like 788. For some reason, I think that's true. It might not be true. Okay. And I'm going to read these two verses and I'm going to pray. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome, and this is what he says How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? 
And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's our text today. Let's go to the Lord and pray together for uh, insight. Father God, for your um, presence in this place, we give you thanks and praise. And for your great and magnificent goodness to us, we give you thanks and praise. Not just here on Sundays, God. You are good to us all the time. And you're good to us when things are going awesome or things are going awful. You are good to your people. And we trust you in that. And we proclaim that truth today. Father, uh, we pray that as we have come together as your church, your people gathered here to learn more about you, to celebrate who you are in our lives, we pray that you would um, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. You know, your son talked about that all the time. That we would know more of the truth and we would live it out in our lives while we are yet here as we just sang in that song that we would know you while we're still here on earth father that's our goal may you make much of um this time and may we just rely on you no human wisdom here father your wisdom your spirit your power your glory fill this place that we might grow and become more like jesus in this life uh, we love you so much. We thank you. You are worthy of praise, and we offer that willingly to you through our songs and our actions and our attitudes this morning. May you be glorified as we respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to kind of talk through this idea about um, w- w- this progression, and I don't know if you remember it, but when we were talking about an IRL, I said, this is interesting because it, it's kind of a backward progression, and so we're going to kind of work backwards, and I have these symbols up here because I wanted to make it really simple that we could all follow along and understand what, what Paul is saying, but they're, they're backwards up here because I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting w- when Paul says, um, he's making a case here to the church in Rome about the opportunity and the need to share the gospel to be very clear about what this truth of Jesus Christ is and how we should proclaim that to others. And so he kind of goes through and explains, he's kind of begging a question like, how can this happen unless this happens first? And all I've done this morning is I've ordered them in the order they're supposed to happen first. And I hope that's an encouragement to you. We're going to start in verse 15 of chapter 10. And, this, and I, I, we talked about this, I know for a fact, so I remember talking about it with you just a few weeks ago. But this is the word it says, at the very end of 15, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, right? And there's actually in the Greek, there's a little more in there. I'm not sure why it's not here in NIV. But in the Greek it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring peace and good news about good things. I mean, Paul's quoting scripture there and he's like, that's a beautiful thing. You have beautiful feet when you show up. And I think what he's trying to do is encourage the church in Rome and us as um, part of the church of God to um, have beautiful feet, to be willing to go and do the work of sharing the good news, to be willing to walk. I mean, you know, you think about it. I remember a friend of mine that came to faith. They had that, m- that moment where someone came to the door from the church awkwardly and knocked after a visit, right? They had visited a church and someone knocked on the door, clunk, 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 uh, you know, um, is deacon so-and-so and deacon so-and-so, can we come in and talk to you today? We wanted to thank you for visiting our church. And that awkward moment, we're like, oh, I guess you can. And they came in and they shared the good news and those folks came to know Jesus as Savior in the moment. And we can make fun of that model if we want. We can say, well, that's awkward to do that. But in that moment for those two people, those feet of those deacons were beautiful. Oh, it's so, I'm so glad you came to share this with me. And Paul says that. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring what? Peace 
and good news about good things. I don't know if, um, if you agree with that or not, that people need good news, <laughs> you know? Like, um, I need good news, you need good news, and if we need good news, there are other people who need good news. Maybe one of the tragedies is we don't think that people need good news. They're fine. May we believe that. They're fine without Jesus. Uh, I wasn't fine without Jesus. How about you? So, so, so he makes his case. He says, these are beautiful feet if we do these things. And by the way, I want you to understand that this is a, um, a call for the whole church. I want you to flip back. If you have your Bible open, and I hope you do, if you flip back to Romans 1, I want, you to, I want to remind you who this letter is written to. Romans is a dense letter, and it's known for that, and it, you know, almost a legal letter. But I want you to see, very simply, in verse 7, who it's written to. Paul makes this huge introduction of himself, and it's all rooted in the gospel of Jesus. And then he says this. This letter is written to what? All in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints loved by God and called to be saints you know if you know Jesus your Savior you're loved by God you have recognized his love for you in the cross you've recognized his love for you in his coming to us to save us from our sins but then there's that second part that Paul says, and all those in Rome who are called to be saints, that's called to be holy, called to be set aside, called to be like their Savior. And by the way, if you don't know it, that's all of us. We all have that call to be saints. We're all included in that. And so whenever these, these kind of methodology, or the methodology is not the right word, but these kind of steps that Paul lays out are true for all of us. And I think one of the things that church doesn't do a good job of is helping all of us understand that we are all part of what God's plan is. It's not a certain few people who have special gifts and callings that are called to go do the work of the gospel. But we're all called to do it. And so I want to encourage you in that, that every place that God has uniquely placed you, you can be an instrument of his hand. You can be part of his work in this world. All right? So we know that it's written to all those who are loved by God and called to be saints. And then Paul then asks this question at the end of 15. Before he says, your feet are beautiful, he says, how can they, that's those who don't know Christ, how can they, uh, we're mad, okay, how can they um, preach unless they're sent? I'm sorry, it's not those who don't know Christ, it's those, the church, those who are loved by God and called to be saints. How can they share the gospel unless they are sent out? And um, that's why that first little arrow is like this kind of whoop thing, you know, we're like going out, we're being sent out of the church. If you're like me, you think, well, that looks like a commissioning, a special person, a certain time, a certain thing. But I think that's what I was saying a moment ago about that's one of the, the ways that we break down as a church is we don't believe that we're sending you out each week. Matter of fact, let's just take a moment and talk about this time at Family Bible Church together here. We come together for what? I hope we come together to celebrate what God's doing in our lives. That's why we're here. We're here to celebrate, to get encouragement, to hear the word preached, and that's part of it, but not all of it, to lift our voices back to him, to share in things like communion and the community of faith, to encourage one another, and then to go back out into the world, to be sent into the world. As a matter of fact, I've said this to you before, but maybe worth repeating, I often wonder if you look down on the roofs of all the church buildings in our country as the gatherings happen, if it doesn't look like a bit like breathing, like they're being drawn in and sent out. 
and drawn in and sent out. As a matter of fact, the way we approach worship sometimes is like that. The last thing we do is a benediction. That's a blessing. As you go, go and do these things this week. As you go, go and listen this week. Go and obey this week what God is calling you to do. So we are a sent uh, people. The word um, is similar to apostolos, those who are sent out with good news, with good news. And so he asked that question, you know, how, how can they go if they aren't sent? How can they, they, can they preach if they aren't sent? How will they do that work? Um, so the first thing, we should, be a, we should be a people, not just Family Bible, any church should be a people that sends people out to share the good news. That's our job, and I'm including myself in it. I'm not excluded from it, but I'm part of it and only part of it. So all of a sudden, we are sent back into our homes, or we're sent back into our neighborhoods, we're sent back into our places of work or our schools, we're sent back into our relationships, the good ones and the bad ones, to bring good news about good things, to bring peace. That's interesting, isn't it? So we're able to go and to share good news with others. If we walk back a little further then in this, it says, um, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And maybe that's intimidating. I know we talked about this a a little bit, but that idea of preaching, but it means to proclaim or to herald, right? It means to proclaim or to herald. Um, The only word I ever think of when I get herald is the old newsboys. And I wasn't even around when old newsboys were around, but I've heard of the legend, right? When they stand on the corner and they go, extra, extra, read all about it, you know? That guy didn't write the paper. That guy didn't make the news. But he's just letting you know that it's here and available for you if you want it. That's a herald. That's what we're called to do. To go out and proclaim the good news. To go out and share the good news. Sometimes um, we, we get hung up on these ideas. And one of the things that happened, by the way, when we were away from you for two weeks, we worshiped with another church um, for those two weeks that we love dearly. We hang out with them, and, and we get to, <laughs> I got to know them. And they were sharing these kind of ideas about how to share your faith uh, succinctly and quickly. And I thought that was a really interesting approach. Um, we get intimidated by that. How am I going to tell someone about Jesus? But Jesus has changed my life. So I ought to be able to tell people about Jesus. Not in the manufactured way, artificial way, but go out and just say, this is good news. Man, you know, and whatever it is in your life, like wherever you're struggling, it's good news. And even when you're not struggling, it's good news. When everything's going awesome, the gospel is good news. We have this relationship with God, the Father, that we get to know him intimately. We get to have his spirit dwell in us and making us holy and called to be saints and purifying us from the inside out, not the outside in. We don't whitewash tomb. We don't put on certain clothes or act certain ways. We let the spirit of God work through us. We partner with him in his redemption um, of our whole lives. And there's a whole thing we can get into there. But I just want to say that, that we, we get to go out and be heralds of good news. How can others hear if we won't go and share? I told you a story about someone who knocked on the door with the deacons that came. One of the things that that person saw later was, how come no one else came and knocked on my door before that? I knew a whole bunch of people who were Christians that I worked with and I lived with. Some of my family members, they never once told me about this Jesus thing. How are those folks going to hear if we don't go share? How, how are they going to find out? And we have all kinds of ways that we kind of get around it. We say, well, I'll live, in my, I'll live an example and people will see it. 
or the really good one is, um, I'll live an example, and when they ask a question, I'll answer it, because that's biblical, right? Have an answer every time they ask a question. So that kind of gets me off the hook. I have to go in and actively participate with God in what he's doing. I can just sit back and, you know, not stress about it until the question is asked. Okay. But what's wrong with living our lives in a way that we say, you know, God, how would you, how would you, who would you like me to share the good news of your son with today? Um, who in my life right now have you been working with for that moment that I can come and just share my little silly story? God, you saved me. I was so broken and, and, and I'm growing now. I'm, I have life. I have hope now. Who in my life am I going to bump into that you have uniquely positioned me to bump into? See, the Bible's full of that stuff. The Bible's full of ordinary people like us who would bump into others and just talk to them about what God's doing and they would come to know Jesus. That's true. We talk all the time, uh, often I should say, about the great sermon that Peter preached, right? Early in the book of Acts, 3,000 people come to faith. I wonder how much of, an impl- how much of, a, how much of a, a quantity that was compared to all the saints who were dispersed throughout all the regions and shared their faith, right? It's beautiful if we're willing to go out and be part of telling others about Jesus ourselves. How will they hear, the word says, without someone telling them or sharing with them or heralding this good news? Okay? Now, so the goal is to share, and that's enough. And we talked about that before. So the goal is to share. That's our goal. Share our faith. Share Jesus with others and that's that. The next, oh, here we are. So that's us, Gingston out, sharing the good news. Oh, and I have a, I think I have a verse up here, actually, because um, I put a Bible in there because um, that's where I came to faith from reading Scripture myself, but also because that's where the good news is found. Like, that's the testimony about Jesus. The entire book, all 66 books, are testifying about Jesus. And I think I have this next here. Um, oh, I didn't share that with you. Here we go. Yeah, so Jesus is talking to a bunch of religious folks, and he says this, you diligently study the scriptures, believing by them you'll be saved, um, but these are the scriptures that testify about me, and yet you refuse to come and have life. And so Jesus himself, if you're a believer in Jesus, he himself said this entire book, all these scriptures point to himself and salvation in his name, right? Um, Matter of fact, I want to get it right. I think he says, let's see, 39... Um, you diligently study the scriptures uh, because you think that by them you possess what? Eternal life. You, you think you've studied the Bible enough. And you got to remember now Jesus came before the New Testament, right? And he's talking to these folks and he says, you came because you think that by these books you have life. But these books testify about me. And yet you refuse to come to me and have life. So Jesus himself says that, the, that, that what we're that the root of everything is captured in the text and that we can share that with others. And I'm not telling you to go out and, you know, you can. Bible study with somebody. Share a scripture with somebody. But share your story with somebody. Share what you've come to know about Jesus with someone in your life. And um, we can use the scriptures as our kind of rootedness. We, we should, by the way, um, love the word of God because it's a revelation of Jesus. We ought to love the word of God as his people, um, as his redeemed and so, so that's it. So how, how will they hear if no one comes and shares with them? So the goal is to go out and share the story of Jesus. Um, 
I think we, we it's, it's in some ways overdone, and in some ways it's got to be redone, that this idea that Jesus came to earth fully God, fully man, and, and lived amongst us, like us, but not like us at all. And in the end, when he could have clearly done other things, he willingly set his face for Jerusalem, the Bible says, right? He was resolute toward Jerusalem. He saw the cross coming. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed that his father might spare his life. There's another way that that would happen, but not what I want, but what you want. And an example of perfect humility and perfect obedience, Jesus surrendered his life to sinful men like you and me. He opened his own hands and allowed himself, who is not like you and me, he is God in the flesh, to be nailed to a cross to demonstrate his love for us. And more, to offer a blood sacrifice for all of our sins, that our sins might be cleansed and washed away, and that we could be fully redeemed, that we no longer bear the burden and guilt rightly on us because of our sin. Jesus did those things. And then... When the world thought that was over, this Jesus spectacle is ended, the, the tomb opened. Three days later, he rises from the dead. He walks around, not for a few minutes, but for 40 days, showing himself to others and teaching. This is what I was talking about. I am not, I'm like you, but not like you. I'm the son of God and ascended to heaven where he right now, the Bible says, is interceding at the right hand of the Father that we might believe the good news and be saved. That we might know him. That we might be redeemed and sanctified and be, be, know we're loved by God and be called into our saintly calling. Jesus did all these things. And, and, and I say all that to say this. The goal that we have as a church, I mean the Big C Church, is to go out and share our faith. That's our goal. If we're sharing our faith with others, if we're sharing what the Scriptures say with others, we're doing what we're trying to do. But our hope is that they might believe. That's not our goal. I don't think. That's not our goal. It's our hope. Because only God can cause a sinful sinner lost and dead in his sin to believe the good news. And that believing is a gift of God, not of ourselves. And we're redeemed by his grace. So we hope that by our obedience to share, God might call them to faith and they might believe. And you see that's next in our reverse order of questions here. How can they believe in one in the one of whom they have not yet heard. A couple of things. How can they believe in what? The Bible? No. Can they believe in what? The gospel? No. Can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? The person they've not yet heard of. There is uh, someone in my life who I love dearly, and I believe that they have heard of the gospel their whole lives, but they have not heard the gospel because they do not, they have not heard of Jesus. I'll tell you how I think that's true. Because when they talk about it, they talk about all the stuff around Jesus, but not Jesus. They talk about the church, they talk about their sin, they talk about all this brokenness, but they don't talk about Jesus. They say things like this, I'm not good enough to go to church. I've lived a terrible life. Who would save me? 
And that language betrays someone who does not know the one, does not believe in the one. And that means that we have not been adequately proclaimed the one, Jesus. So we're sent out to share the good news that might, those might hear and that they might believe. How can they believe if they have not heard? How can they hear if no one shares? And how can they share if they're not sent? That's the hope. That's the hope. Maybe our hope is tempered by fear that they wouldn't. If, if I do this and they don't believe, it's going to be embarrassing, it's going to be awkward. I don't know. What is it that keeps us from being the people of beautiful feet to share peace and good news about good things? This is the one who came to die that you might be free. Have you heard the good news of a Savior who would give himself if it was only just for you or only just for five of us or only just for 100,000 or 2.2 billion? He would willingly die. Have you heard the good news about a God who didn't just die for you and wasn't just raised to prove who he is? but is right now interceding at the right hand of the Father. Might they believe? That's our hope, is that others would come to know Jesus. And then the last, which is probably the most shocking to me, 14. How then can they call on the one that they have not yet believed in? That's shocking to me. So you see we have the resent, to share the good news, that others might believe, that in their day of distress, they might cry out to him. That's what that last part means. How can they call on the name of the one they have not yet believed in? There will come a day of distress. And I'm just reading what the Bible says. There's going to come a day whenever all the works aren't enough, whenever all the false hope isn't hope at all, and whenever everything you've been counting on isn't going to work for you. And in the moment, the prayer is that you would know Jesus in such a way that you would say, I need Jesus. I know Jesus. This is what Jesus is for. This is who Jesus is. And you're in a day of distress that you might be saved. That's surprising to me. Uh, so many of us think that the crisis comes before the cross, right? Um, you have the crisis of faith and you come to faith and you know Jesus. But this says that once you believe in him, that you might call on his name, that you might declare him. And by the way, can I just say that it's not always like that one, like that we need Jesus, when, when, when you're struggling in your life, that you would call the name of Christ. I've been reading through the Old Testament this year, and I'm amazed that over and over again how these, the, the uh, faithful kings, which were few, if any, um, the prophets who were true prophets, would readily go to God and often ignore the world because they knew the name of whom they believed. They would call out to him. In the name of God. And this is true for all of us. There will come a day in our lives when we must call on or appeal to or cry out in Jesus' name. And we will not do that 
if we have not come to believe in Jesus to begin with. We will not avail ourselves to him as our Savior. But, in, as we wrap this up, so there, here's this model, right, that we are sent out to share the good news that others might believe, that's the hope that they might come to believe in Jesus by his grace, and that in their day of distress they can call on him as their Savior, that they could call on him as their Redeemer, they could call on him as their King or their Master, their Boss. That's the hope. But check it out. In verse 1 of chapter 10, this is what Paul says in this part of Romans. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they might be saved. What's Paul motivated by when he's talking about this model? How is this going to happen if we don't go share good news? Because my heart's desire is that the Israelites, those who God said are my people, might come to faith. They might be saved by God. Look at verse 16 with me. Paul says this after this teaching. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. Not everybody did. Paul, he's like, I've given my whole life to this. I've planted churches for this. I'm teaching you to proclaim the gospel for this. But not everyone has accepted. Not everyone will accept. Doesn't change those questions, or does it? How will they if no one shares? How will they if we don't share our faith? There's a very real possibility. There's a very real possibility that if we take this risk and if we walk with Jesus in this and we say, you know, I'm just going to go out and try. I'm just going to say, I'm going to be weird, you know, not weird than I have to be. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I, I'm like, this is my only way forward is Jesus. This is what I've found in my life is Jesus. There's nothing, there's no mystery combination to the box. It's not my own righteousness. It's him. If we go out and we take, take that risk, there's a chance that they, those that we're sharing with will reject it, not accept it. I can't accept that. I can't accept it. There must be another way besides Jesus. Um, that's a risk. But if the church of God, if the people who are redeemed, if the people who are filled with the Spirit, who have the ability to call out in His name, don't go out and share with others, they have no hope of hearing it. That's what Paul says. How will they cry out? If they've not yet believed, how will they believe if no one's going to tell them? And how are they going to tell them if no one's sending them out? We are sent out to share good news. I want to, um, I'm going to ask you all to pray with me in a moment. Um, I'm going to ask the prayer team, if you feel led, to head to the back. We've not done it in a while, I don't think. But if you want to head to the back and begin to pray um, for those maybe who are here who don't know Christ, um, you can start praying right now. Or maybe you know some of your life that, um, that doesn't know Jesus. I mean, I guess the question is, have you believed in his name? Have you believed in the one that we proclaim? Not the church, not the Bible, but the Savior. Are you believing in his name? 
And uh, I'm going to invite you to um, head to the back as we have our, our final song. You can do that. Um, you can also head to the back if you want to bring someone, if you want to go back and say, hey, would you just pray with me about this person that God's got in my life? Or, hey, would you pray that God would give me the opportunity? I, there's, you know, I, I want to share my faith with somebody. I, I, would you pray that God gives me the opportunity this week to do that? Um, so I'm going to invite all of y'all who want to go back to pray, to pray. I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we will um, uh, finish up with some worship and prayer time in the back. Uh, Father God, we just thank you so much for the great good news of Jesus Christ, um, without which we would have no hope of salvation. Uh, we thank you so much that your son came and lived perfectly and died, that we could be free, and that we could be redeemed, and that we could be full of your Holy Spirit. All those things, Father. And, and for our lives here, we surrender them into your hands, that you would do with them what you want. We want to be like Jesus and obedient to you um, in every day of our lives. We pray against all this stuff that tends to be like a Sunday show. Um, we want to glorify you through everything that we do in every day of our lives, all the time, wherever we are. Father God, for those who are here today, maybe they need to head to the back and pray with someone that, just to understand, um, pray that you would break through, that you would cause faith in their lives. Father, for those that right now you've already brought to mind, that I know that you have brought to mind men and women, um, folks in our lives, coworkers or student friends, whatever, that we don't know they're struggling right now, Father, we bring them before you. We trust you with them, and we want to be part of your salvation story for them. So would you move in our hearts to be obedient in this um, would you move in our hearts to uh, follow you into this area of our lives? And Father, um, would, would uh, you just move us uh, to respond in prayer over them and trust you with whatever you do? We love you so much and we thank you for the opportunity to preach. In Jesus' name, amen.